0: to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Special January promo going on by the Wingate by Wyndham right now as well. If you stay two nights in January of 2021, you get a free growler and a fill card for Big Sky Brewing. Big Sky Brewing just right across the way from the Wingate. So if you book, all you got to do is book through the hotel directly Google Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula, limited to one freebie per customer, but stay two nights, January 2021, free growler and fill card from Big Sky Brewing and tell them is Now sent you. And when you in the of hours, take a moment and tell me who you see. Won't tell you not to be. Now you know I am hey, Welcome back. Welcome to your evening. It's 5 o'clock, so hopefully you're on your way home from work. Maybe you're on your way to work. I don't ever know in Missoula. It's a nocturnal town, to be sure, and you never know what hours people are working. I mean, hell, half the people I know have two jobs, including me, including this guy, because I made him come in here and do this with me every Monday and Tuesday. It is Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana, television rally, Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. Ride in the chair with me, Coulter Nuanas from the ESPN Missoula Studios. Miss anything in the first hour? You can find it on the podcast. Podcast is available on all of your podcast hosting platforms or just by going to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Great first hour, Montana football slash basketball hour. Jeff Choate to Texas. A recap of all the hoops from around Montana, Montana State, the Big Sky Conference, as well as a little bit of a preview. On the rivalry weekend of basketball games that we got coming up, Riley, you got a new podcast coming out, new episode of Inside the Den. It's
3: uh, it's up, right, or it's about to be up. It's going to be up tonight, and we'll blast it out tomorrow as well. This is a big one. I mean, everyone has wanted to hear from Coach Howick for quite some time about. The Grizz pulling out of the Big Sky Conference more than just a, a couple of sentences here and there and everything in between. He even touched on Jeff Choate leaving to go to Texas as well and kind of the ramifications on he where did talk about he this. did talk about that, the ramifications Ooh. of that, where it comes into Montana as well and how it affects their program. So there's a big broadcast tease for you. And to leave it or not, after after Coach Hauk. Colter jumps on with me as well, and we start previewing the rivalry basketball games as well. So again, go check that out. It's available later tonight, all week. It's your listening pleasure. Gogris.com slash inside the dan. Coach Hal Colter, Nuanas. That's a dynamite duo right there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's so funny getting older. Our podcast, by the way, the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Wingate has a great January promo going on. We only got six days left in January, but if you got people coming to and fro for the Grizz Games, I know that there's no attendance, but maybe you're having a little get-together at your house and sharing some vegetable trays. I don't know. But if you have anybody coming through town or you want a staycation or anything in between, if you stay two nights at the Wingate by Wyndham in January 2021, Get a free growler and a fill card from Big Sky Brewing limited to one freebie per customer. Must book through the hotel. Tell them Nuana has now sent you. If you want to get a hold of us, 361-3688. That's 406-361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. It's so funny because when I was a young man, I, I guess I'm still a young man, but when I was a, will call myself a kid, even though I hated that back then. When I first started covering sports, as a profession, I was only 19 years old, started working the Missoulian, and one of my first gigs was doing game day features on the Grizz. And my first couple uh, pitches were all about Grizz assistants, and then I ended up starting to and cover stories for the game day um, about assistants and players, and then did the same thing for the Kaiman. But I established such a uh, great relationship with Bobby Hauk because. A lot of times Bobby Huck does not uh, give a lot when it comes to uh, midweek press conferences about uh, uh, upcoming opponents. He is not the promoter. Jeff Choate is. I think part of that is part of the plan. And I respect. I get what Bobby Huck has always done uh, when it comes to the media. And uh, I respect it. But Coach Alkin, I always had a little time set aside where it was just a one-on-one because he knew I was just writing feature stories, and he was always great. And I was so intimidated by him when I was, at first, and then you know got to know him. And you know him; he's such a great guy if you know him on a personal level. But uh, if you would have asked me back then, if 14 years later I'd be sitting here still in Missoula. And Bobby Houck would be back as the coach. So it's like, no, that's the twilight zone. That's not happening. But here we are. So it is funny how things like that come full circle.
3: Full circle is a great way to describe that. And uh, for Coach Houck, it's that next level. When you get to sit down with him in a relaxed setting... He, he does bring out the personality more, the personality of uh, caring about another individual and wanting to know what's going on. Those midweek press conferences, especially during the season, you're going to get as little as possible, and I love it because it's the broad scope of Bobby Halk. and uh, there's plenty to talk about with him right now with uh, what's going on over in Bozeman, which we're going to dive into even more right now. And again, the Grizz and the Cats both pulling out of the spring season. There's a lot going on right now.
0: There is for sure. We'll get to Jeff Choate a little bit more from his press conference from Saturday here in just a moment. If you want to see some of the potential candidates to replace Jeff Choate as Montana State's head coach, go to scotlandsportsmt.com. Have a list of at least a, initial candidates there. Some names that maybe you won't be surprised by and also some names that maybe you will be surprised by as well. So be sure to go check that out and subscribe. We appreciate it. A couple questions on the Montana State front before we get to what this means around the state of Montana, what this means around the Big Sky Conference. So here's the four questions I wrote in terms of internally for Montana State. What does the departure of Jeff Choate mean for Montana State in the immediate future? Well, I think that Choate has elevated the Bobcat brand like no coach before him. That's going to be the hardest part for Montana State to replace. That said, there's a notion that Montana State had unprecedented success under Jeff Choate. On one hand... That's true because they made it to the final four of the FCS playoffs last year. On the other hand, that's not true. I've covered the Bobcats for 11 years now. I've covered four Montana State teams that won Big Sky Conference championships. None of those were coached by Jeff Choate. I've covered the Bobcats in the playoffs six times in the last 10 years, and only two of those were under Coach Choate. So it's not as if Montana State had had no success before Jeff Choate. In fact, Rob Ash won 70 games and was the all-time leader in school history in wins and went not once, not twice, but three times in a row as Big Sky Conference champions between 2010 and 2012. And so it's not as if there was unprecedented heights. It's only unprecedented heights when it comes to the rivalry. Jeff Choate won four in a row, which put him in, in rare air amongst Bobcat coaches. But in terms of what this means for Montana State's immediate future, Right now, MSU has a great foundation to build upon, a much stronger foundation than what Ash left them with when Ash was fired following the 2015 season. They have exceptional institutional momentum because of Wadair Cruzado, their phenomenal president, who's given them uh, so much on an academic standpoint, from a campus standpoint. They're in a town that's booming, that has a lot of money, a lot of resources, a lot of affluency. I think they have a very specific and somewhat unique sell as a true football school, that's also a true engineering school. I mean, the, the the schools that are on par with MSU in terms of the STEM education you can get there aren't good at football. Purdue, Georgia Tech, Cal Poly. And so I'm not saying you're going to go get Big Ten and ACC caliber players, but it is a unique sell. You can't find kids in California that, hey, you want to be an engineer? Okay, you want to play football? Great, we have the best engineering
3: football school in the Western United States. I think that the football program under Coach Choate caught up to the momentum that the university had and I think that now that they're aligned together that they can grow together and they have built themselves up to this national brand where I would say and you can correct me if I'm wrong here I think that Montana State maybe is slid into the spot that was occupied by Eastern Washington where now when you would say who are the three teams that you would consistently think of in the big sky you think of Weber State, Montana and Montana State I would say right now and that's what Montana State's done from a consistent basis but you also pull it back and I hate doing this as especially from the role I'm in, but it's the truth. You take away the four grizzly wins. And what does the resume say? It's no big sky titles. It's a 500 record and it's no other wins against premier programs in the league. So give coach Choate a lot of credit. It's all about stock, right? Stock price. He sold when the stock was as high as it could have been for the Bobcats to reach another level. It would have had, it would have meant either winning a big sky title or beating North Dakota state and Maybe, I mean, that's, that's those are per two pretty big goals. So I think from the broad scope of it, that's kind of where I see, at least with uh, football program and Choate right
0: now. Montana State, was I think that Choate was a more prolific recruiter than anybody they've had before. But I also think it's worth saying, I, I and I'm not trying to demean anything Je- Jeff Choate did. All I'm saying is that Jeff Choate did such a great job of selling all of the successes at Montana State, it almost made all of the Montana State faithful forget all of the success that they'd had before. For better or worse... The rivalry has such a huge impact on that on both sides, but particularly among Montana State fans because of the streak. And I think that that's the one thing Choate did so well. He did such a good job of bucking the notion that Montana State is a little brother, but then he proved it on the field. But outside of those wins, then I think that Choate, he recruited a higher proliferation of great players. But to say that they have never had players of the caliber that they've had before is disrespectful to guys like Kane Iona, Roger Cooper, and Travis Lule and Dane Fletcher, and Bobby Daly, and Denarius McGee, and Jody Owens, and blah, 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 I mean, on down the line. The, the Cats have had five Big Sky Conference defensive MVPs in the last 15 years. They've had some of the best players in the entire league. They've also had not one, not two, but three of the best quarterbacks the league has seen in the last 20 years in Lule Denarius McGee, and Dakota Prukop. The proof is in the statistics. All three of those guys are three of the most prolific players that have ever played in the Big Sky. So they have a ton of talent. They've they've always had talent. So I guess what I'm saying is what's the biggest uh, priority for Montana State internally? It's to not lose that outward momentum. Choke marketed it. Choke sold it. And Choke completely changed the mindset. They can't regress in that element because in terms of everything else, the foundation, the facilities, the institutional momentum – they have actually a stronger footing than quite literally anybody in the league.
3: And I think the players, too, and you just mentioned a couple of the Bobcat greats, especially in the last 10 to 20 years. The player, I mean, who they've gotten to come into the program, that really hasn't wavered too much. I think Jeff Choate, when you break down Jeff Choate, the recruiter, Jeff Choate, the X's and O's football coach, and Jeff Choate, the motivator. The latter is the most impressive of all of it. Jeff Choate, yes. the motivator. And, and, and motivating
0: outside of the football program, too, though. That's the whole thing. The motivation to raise the funds for the new facility. The motivation to have the energy to make Montana State the brand, be in front of everybody. That's where the, that's the biggest uh, challenge to replace Jeff Cho,
3: And to be the face of the school. Like it or not, no th- question. the football coach is the number one face that you see when you associate with the university. Bobby Houck knows it better than anybody and he does a masterful job at it. For Montana State, I could say maybe before Jeff Chode nobody really took that on or really open it up with both arms. Jeff Cho did, and he understood what he represented for the entire university, not only his football program. I mean, when they didn't have a broadcaster for a couple months, he's hosting their TV show. I mean, he's interviewing volleyball athletes and whatnot. He was lobbying to be the replacement for Tutel on this show. Exactly. I mean, he's just that guy, and he he motivates people, and he buys into a culture. He sticks with that. You can't say enough about from that side of things, and that's what they're surely going, surely going to miss from him and should be priority number one in trying to get this thing right for their next hire
0: i think that there's so many different ways you can dissect this whole thing and i think it's a fascinating analysis because i honestly think that jeff choate is one of the most captivating and fascinating people i've ever been around he really is for better or worse it's not as if he's flawless he has flaws he certainly has flaws as a head football coach and i think that he addressed a lot of those and grew a tremendous amount in that realm but choate I told a lot of people on the Montana State side of this thing this over the weekend. I think threefold. I don't know if Jeff Choate was ever going to be any better than he's already been at the Bobcat as the Bobcat head coach. I think he would be able to sustain it, but I don't know if he's ever going to be better than he's already been. I think that Montana State has a chance to make a hire where they lose no traction at all, and in fact, in some ways, from a football-only perspective, are better than they were. I don't know how you're going to replace the persona, the marketing, and all that, but in terms of just pure football, they have a chance in the immediate future to make a hire where they're as good or better because they can hire somebody with some offensive acumen. They can hire somebody that could emphasize the talent at an even higher level. So we'll see. But more than anything, I think that people around um, Montana State and around the state of Montana and just around the region as a whole I think we should just be, uh, we should just feel thankful that we had a chance to be around Jeff Choate because I do think that he is a unique personality. He's not like anybody I've ever covered before, and I don't really expect him to be like anybody I've ever covered again. And uh, he was a shooting star. I had never thought he was long for the Montana State job, and now he's back to doing what he does best. Choate has some really good head coaching qualities in terms of mentoring young men and making it seem like a family. He also has some huge head coaching flaws. Choate, in his essence, He's a ball coach, man. He wants to coach ball. He doesn't want to be the administrator and, you know, the guy that's uh, taking the tardies and whatever. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to coach D-line. He wants to draw X's and O's on the board. He wants to
3: teach coverages to the secondary. That's what he wants to do. And that's my question right back at you is the aspirations here. What is the end goal here? Whether it is to be an FBS head coach or not, maybe that's not the question. Is it? I don't know. I I mean, I think that he, he...
0: First of all, I think he's such a, a restless and also at the same time driven person. That I think he's always going to chase his dreams. But I don't. I I think that he just got what could be the perfect job for him. We'll see. Co-defensive coordinators are always sketchy. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. We'll see, and we'll know right away because it's not as if anybody knows Coach K, Coach Kukowski. <laughs> anybody knows Jeff Cho. Oh man! I mean, there was a lot of talk about. Uh, Two sticks of dynamite in a really small hole with, with Coach Choate and Coach Gregorak. This is times a million because this is Texas. This is millions of dollars. This is Choate not having to hold back whatsoever. This is also Pete Kukowski who is not going to take a step back to
3: anybody. Every decision is going to be under a microscope. And you think about it, give credit to Coach Choate. He is going to a top 10 program. Texas football, you mentioned at the top of the show, with the Longhorn Network and what they produce from a revenue side of things and an interest side of things. People care about Texas football. It's a top 10 program in the country as far as as that's concerned. But now we're going to see, day in, day out, what it's like and how much maybe he appreciates getting back into the coaching, the X's and O's side of things, and doesn't have to deal with media responsibilities, everything that comes with being a head coach. I
0: think he will miss preaching the gospel of oh, Jeff Chote. though. No Chihuahua doubt. Is now on 290 SPM Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. Riley Corcoran joining me in studio. Breaking down Jeff Choate and his abrupt move to Texas. Here's the second half of the interview with Coach Choate. Some good questions here, particularly from Sean Rainey, our partner at SWX Montana and the co-host of this show on Wednesday uh, Wednesdays, he asked Choate about the circumstances of the world at large and if that had an influence on this. But first, a question uh, just about how tough it was to tell the players. We dive back in, Jeff Choate, talking about addressing this
4: with his players. Yeah, I'd say it was it was somber, um, and you know, for the most part, that's between us. You know, that's between me and the boys. I think they understand. Um, maybe not the why. Uh, I think the hardest thing was the timing, you know, coming off the Boise thing. And then this happens. I think that was the hardest thing for people to understand. And there's like, there's just no way that you control climate timing of opportunities. That's impossible. And I, I think that they get what the opportunity is. I think the difficult thing for them was the kind of the timing, um, and the why. And, uh, you know, I kind of told them that the, why doesn't really matter, (laughs) you know, um, but let's talk about this. And so, yeah, it was, you know, it was a good conversation.
1: And you mentioned this too. Um, you, 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 believe that, you know, Montana state can win a championship. What do you, what else do you think they have to do in order to continue this trajectory?
4: Yeah, I think one of the things they need to do is they need to maintain some continuity here. I think that's really important for the, for our players. I think we have an excellent staff here. And, um, uh, I think that, uh, you know, when Leon goes through the process of selecting the next head coach here, uh, I know based on some conversations that I've had, that that's going to be an important part of this, um, that, you know, that's one of the pieces. Okay. And then clearly it's about players. So, you know, there's going to be some, some things they got to do to enhance their roster here or there. And, uh, you know, and then there's some long-term things, there's the indoor, whatever that looks like for, for, you know, somebody else's battle to fight. Um, and, uh, and then there's ongoing things that separate the level of play sometimes in the FCS like full cost of attendance at some places so that you're playing on that level playing field. And those are all things that we're looking at. I mean, those are all things that our eyes have been opened. And, uh, and I think that the administration understands that that's something that we've got to continue to work to enhance.
1: In the coaching profession or us in the media where it's a, very fluid business. We're constantly moving, and sometimes moving on to the next step. You you want to do it because you don't really like where you're at in the current spot. Obviously, enjoying your time at Montana State. What are what are the emotions going to be like for that? Especially, you know, leaving a place. Although you're excited leaving a place that you love so
4: much. Yeah, it's this is the most. <laughs> as you mentioned, this isn't my first rodeo, but this is the first time I've left a job as a head coach, and that is different. There's levels of responsibility. Um, there's there's loyalties. Uh, and it's more, you know, it impacts more people. And that is what is really what's made this the most difficult is the relationships that we've developed here uh, as a family, um, you know, people in the quarterback club, people, you know, our, our, our fan base, Bobcat Nation, our, um, you know, obviously our, our players. And so that has been pretty tough. Um, but again, when I've removed the emotion from this decision, it, it becomes pretty clear that for me to achieve some of the things that I still have set on my goals list, um, I've got to take this next step.
1: Maybe just speak to the dynamic of, like you mentioned, the first time going from a head coach now to a, a different role and, and how much changing roles like that played a, a part of it. Obviously, the Boise would have been for a head coaching job. So just you know, speak to the, maybe just the, the changing roles and going from a head coach down to a lower kind
4: of. Yeah, I well, first of all, I get to coach football again, so that'll be kind of fun. Um, I'm not just going to be dealing with discipline and fundraising and, um, you know, some of those things that you kind of get consumed by, uh, you know, essentially you're kind of the culture creator and there's a lot of things that go into that as a head coach. And I really enjoy that part of it. And I actually think, um, I'm pretty good at that part of it. And so what I think I'm going to bring is the ability to have a different perspective. I know I will be the only guy that has been a head coach that will be on the staff. And I think that that brings a lot of value because I do have perspective that is maybe a little bit different, even if it's not the same level. And so, um, you know, I, I think maybe that answers your question. And, and I think that from the standpoint of the, uh, the move and all that kind of stuff, I mean, sometimes you got to take a step backward to take another one forward.
1: Coach, what's one last thing you want to say to Bobcat fans?
4: That's a good question, John. Um, you know. I'd say it's been a hell of a ride. Um, This place has embraced our family, and it's been awesome. And no matter where I go, what I do, I will always be able to say I never lost to Montana.
1: And we know the Grizz fans are more happy to see you go on all the Twitter (laughs) threads. Thanks, Coach.
0: We dive back in, Jeff Choate talking about addressing this with his players. You are listening to Montana State head football coach Jeff Choate address the media about his move to the University of Texas to become Steve Sarkeesian's co-defensive coordinator.
3: Coach, congratulations. Um, You already kind of touched on it. You said, I'm excited to go back to kind of just purely coaching football again. Is there anything else that you're excited about moving to Austin and making this jump?
4: Yeah, a lot of things. Um, again, I'm not going to touch base on where this may or may not be. That's not, that's not what I'm here to do. Um, but I think when you talk about, uh, continuing to build relationships and I have relationships with some people at this new location, I think the opportunity to dig in and, um, kind of, you know, kind of sharpen my saw a little bit, you know, it's been a while since I was a ball coach on the field every day and, there's an energy that goes with that that's kind of hard to describe and explain. And when you become the head coach, you're over here blowing the whistle and, you know, making sure that practice is on time. And when you get a coach you're in the moment and you get a, you know, kind of live through those kids and see those guys grow and go from not being able to figure out what three up is in, in our base coverage to mastering that and being, and you see them like the light comes on. And, and that's a really fun part of coaching that um, I haven't had the opportunity to do a whole lot of here at Montana state. Thank you, Coach. Congrats. Thank you. Sean Rainey, do you have another one?
1: Yeah, real quick. Coach, do you think um, if there was no pandemic and we played last fall and everything that we'd be sitting here having this conversation? Just curious. It's
4: a good question. It was frustrating. Um, but I don't have a crystal ball. You know, I don't know why or how, but some of these things fell where there was opportunities for me based on um you know my previous experience previous experience and i think what i've done here and so um yeah i don't know why it happened look in the rearview mirror and we can figure it out down the road but yeah that was that was definitely you know an interesting thing to go through
1: thank you and We, uh, I think speak for most of the media, we uh, respect the way that you've always treated us and uh, the way that you've been uh, honest. And and so best of luck in the future. And, uh, you know, thanks for, thanks for everything.
4: Likewise, Sean. I mean, obviously those sentiments would be in return. Uh, I've always appreciated the fact that you guys have a job to do. And uh, my job is to to promote, promote Bobcat football and, and present our program in the best light possible. And, uh, I think good relationships help that to happen, and and I felt like we've always had good relationships, and I appreciate that as well.
0: You are listening to Montana State head football coach Jeff Choate address the media about his move to the University of Texas to become Steve Sarkeesian's co-defensive coordinator.
1: Uh, Jeff, good to see you again. Um, I'm just curious if, uh, you know, after the Boise situation kind of came and went for you, if you were resigned to the notion that you were going to stay at Montana State as head coach, um before this latest opportunity presented
4: itself. Absolutely. Yeah, that was that was absolutely the, the case. Um and then in succession, multiple opportunities came my way. Um, and at that point you're going, you know, little bird on my shoulder t- trying to tell me something here. And it kind of makes you kind of examine some of the things that are, you know, and, and I and I, it, you know, it allowed me to be a little bit introspective and And, you know, sometimes all of us need to do this and we need to look back and you need to look at what you've done. And I don't think we do that enough. You know, we're always trying to find that next thing and that next thing. And um, there's always challenges and there's always mountains to climb. But, you know, I I actually kind of sat back and said, you know what, this is what we've done here over a five year period of time and it's pretty doggone significant. And uh, and then you start thinking about well, what else is there out there? And, I mean, the clear answer is, hey, an outright Big Sky title or a national championship or an indoor. But, quite honestly, when you look at how many boxes we've checked off and maybe how many more there are left to check, I left it better than I found it.
0: In a lot of ways, it's absolutely true. Jeff Choke, joining us right here on Nuwana's Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, statewide, SWX Montana Television. And, uh, gosh – Analyzing coaches and, and leaders is so interesting because I always hearken back to Travis DeCure's most favorite line. Your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. I think Jeff Choate's greatest strength is diagnosing and fixing problems. His greatest head coaching strength. His greatest strength is, a, is speaking, teaching. He's a teacher. He's a teacher by trade. That, that's why his press conferences were so great because he knows if you're an attentive pupil, he will teach to you. That's what he did. He's a high school teacher history teacher for more than a decade. He teaches a class in football when he gives a press conference. That's why he's so dynamic at it. But from a head coaching perspective, diagnosing problems and fixing problems is probably what he's best at. But his greatest weakness was always comparing it to all the places he's been. Boise State, Washington, Florida. Like he just said there, we've checked a lot of boxes. When you see how many left there is to check, left it better and I found it, time to move on. Well, It's a good notion. Montana State's never going to be Washington. It's never going to be Florida. So that's just one thing that I think you got to move beyond. But regardless, we are going to continue to spend a lot of time on this because I actually do think that this is going to have ramifications around the state of Montana. It's going to have an impact on the Grizz football program, and it's going to have an impact on the Big Sky. So we'll keep analyzing this coaching move, and we'll also have some NFL on the other side. This is a big news week. We haven't had a big one in a while. That's why we're so fired up. Nuanas now. Be right back after this.
3: to
0: more. Oh, man. Before I die, it's the one thing I got to do. Got to see Metallica
3: live and in person. It's going to happen. We'll get the tour schedule on uh, on point once they release it.
0: I feel like so, so many people are surprised when they hear that Metallica is... Like one of my all-time favorite bands. I'm way more hardcore than I look. I'm just getting old. It is Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN, Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me in studio. We've done so much on Jeff Cho to Texas, and so what we're going to do here is we're going to take a break from this. We're going to get back at it tomorrow because I think that it, now that we've gotten all of the baggage unloaded or for what Cho's departure means for him and internally for the Cats – What does it mean externally for Montana State? What does it mean for the University of Montana? And what does it mean for the Big Sky Conference at large and the FCS at large? All of those things. We're going to address those tomorrow to lead the show because I do think there's some uh, interesting conversations to be had there. But uh, only in Montana could you have a coaching change and a rivalry week in basketball make it so that you are an hour and 37 minutes into Montana's only daily sports talk show. And we haven't even mentioned the NFL.
3: That's impressive, though, honestly. It is. In its own right.
0: It's a testament to the people of Montana and the care we have for the sports that we have in this great state. Uh, I've let it be known for the last several weeks that uh, the the owner of Missoula Broadcasting Company and my wonderful boss is also a passionate Green Bay Packers fan. Her office is a Green Bay Packers museum. She was not happy this morning when we... Uh, came to our meeting, and so... Did she try and
3: cancel uh, the show? She's like, uh, you guys can't talk sports today. <laughs> you, guys, you
0: just can't talk anything about the Packers. But the news of the weekend, only Tom Brady could steal the headlines for the Chiefs going back to the Super Bowl and trying to become just the eighth NFL franchise to ever repeat as Super Bowl champions. Because instead, Mr. Immortal, Mr. Fountain of Youth, he's going back to the big game for the 10th time. 10th time. Tom Brady's been to 20% of the Super Bowls that have ever occurred. He's won six rings. If he wins one more ring, Tom Brady will now have seven rings, which would make him alone the most rings in the history of the NFL by a franchise for one guy. Right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the San Francisco 49ers have each won six Super Bowl titles. Tom Brady has two. He's gunning for his seventh. And uh, I have a lot to go around all the way around this entire uh, extravaganza because I do think that... Brady nauseates me. He also inspires me. He is his accomplishments are undeniable. It's it's beyond impressive. It's it's actually stupid at this point that it's even possible. But I also think that sometimes the the publicity behind it gets a little bit out of control as well, and it it overshadows some of the key points to the story. Tom Brady threw three picks yesterday. Tom Brady Brady had the gut shot right before halftime that ended up being the final margin of victory. But Tom Brady also did not play very well yesterday. And what I'm saying is the, the, the part that's overshadowed is this is one of the best teams he's ever been on in terms of the talent across the board. The defense, the way that they're playing right now, the way they're rushing the passer and stopping the run, They are definitely one of the best defenses he's ever played in front of, and so uh, I do think it's interesting, but let's just start here. What were your impressions of Championship Weekend, particularly on the NFC side of things?
3: I mean, the storyline is that whether you want to go one way or another, it's that Tom Brady did it again, or that, man, Aaron Rodgers blew his biggest opportunity to go to a Super Bowl to finally have a championship game at home, but you can't help but segue towards Tom Brady, because... Don't kid yourself. When this started, the odds makers where we always go, right, for like the true barometer of where they're going to be. The odds makers put the over-under wins for Tampa Bay at 8 to start. At 8. Man. And then all of a sudden they morph into this team that throughout the course of the year you kind of, okay, they've got the pieces, but I thought the narrative all year long, Coulter, was that okay, this might take a year or two for the pieces to gel. And then maybe Brady has one Super Bowl run left in him in two or three years. I think that that was maybe uh, what what the thought was coming into it. And all of a sudden, like a well-oiled machine, it was almost as if in about game eight, right? They beat the Packers earlier on, week six, I believe is what it was. And that kind of showed you the glimpse, okay, well, they're kind of for real. Then they had some setbacks in between. But to be able to just coast so to speak and be like as long as we're good until the playoffs we're going to be fine and you have to give them a ton of credit for doing it uh the pieces that are around him I think that is that should be the story it's not because it's very easy on the low-hanging fruit to just take the quarterback narrative and talk about all four quarterbacks he played great in the first half in my opinion I think that 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 touchdown before halftime was incredible how they were able to Turn it into a score. Take the shot right away. And Bruce Arians had said it that that was Brady that wanted to take the shot, not go for the field goal. So that was pretty good there. Uh, but for him to be in ten Super Bowls in nineteen seasons like that, it's video game like that. If there's anybody that doesn't agree that he's the goat at this point. I'm surprised that he makes you sick a little bit because to me, as a Bronco fan, I mean, I hated him as a patriot, right? But now I think as he's gotten older, I I just gained even more respect that he's continuing to do this and he's continuing to be at the top level and and a great leader more than anything else.
0: I mean, I have massive respect for him and I, I think that he's actually now pushing into the envelope of greatest American male athlete of all time, not just greatest quarterback of all time. And I think that his legend continues to grow. I just, one of the great parts about sports is the humanity of sports. We love the vulnerability of the human spirit. Even Michael Jordan, who seemed immortal at his peak, wasn't. Michael Jordan had to step away from the game for a, a variety of reasons being overwhelmed by fame, being overwhelmed by the emotions of his father being murdered. Some people say because of a gambling issue a variety of different things. But Michael Jordan had to suffer a profound moment of vulnerability right before our eyes, as has almost every great star except Tom Brady. Tom Brady runs himself like a buttoned-down, non-vulnerable corporate organization. As he's a, a machine. As a human, he's a machine. There's no... I, I Even Tiger Woods, who, who has a, a, a insane... Um, weird tendencies from being a childhood star and being overexposed at such a young age and rising to such a huge platform at such a young age and being influenced in such a uh, haphazard way by male influences when he was a young man and then trying to repeat the sins of his father after his father died because he wanted his father's memory to live on for better or worse and all of these things he still... Seemed it humanized him. The Tiger Woods scandal, while you connect in some form or fashion, you connect in some form or fashion. And I mean, even Aaron Rodgers, like the Aaron Rodgers is even though he is a smug and self righteous, a lot of words I can't say, he still has this profound vulnerability because of his constant failure. Tom Brady's never failed, and that in itself is so crazy.
3: The only thing that you could even say in a roundabout way that he's failed is beforehand, before he got drafted, that apparently he wasn't good enough for the first five rounds of the NFL draft. Because since then, you're right. I mean, he has not had any letdown at all. I mean, consider last year. That was considered one of the worst years of his career and the worst years in the Patriot dynasty or the end of the dynasty. And they still got a first-round bye and were playing in a game before losing and everything came crashing down. But there is... No weakness when it comes to Tom Brady. I think that he, him continuing to produce at this level, and I think another key in all this too. We talked about the weapons that he was going to have around him, and okay, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, uh, Leonard Fournette. Fournette had a great game, but Antonio Brown didn't even play in the game yesterday, and Rob Gronkowski had one catch in the game yesterday as well. So. He still was able to work around the pieces with him. Uh, I don't think you can name one of their offensive linemen at all. They had two safeties out of the game. I mean,
0: Wurfs the, is one of my favorite guys because he was number one on Bruce okay. Feldman's list of all there uh, the best freaks in college football. <laughs> and if ever there's a a fat guy at offensive lineman that is the number one guy on the biggest freaks in college football, I'm all about it. But regardless, I digress. You're totally right, uh, they, I, and they're uh, they're a very talented
3: team. So I mean, I. <laughs> I yeah. just can't believe it. I, I'm, I'm in shock. I mean, the fact that they Super get a host Bowl it everything. on
0: your home field, it's and, and, crazy. And how
3: ironic is it that two things? Number one, it's the first year of home field advantage in the Super Bowl when there's not a full stadium. Totally. And number two, the fact that they're getting a home game after going on the road for three straight. Usually, you think, okay, it's gonna set up for a team that's a number one seed. They right, get a host right. all the way through. Not the case at all. The fact right. they did it this quickly to me is surprising. I thought maybe they were building this thing up for a, a run in year two or year three.
0: Lost Trail, go for the snow. Lost Trail has something for the whole family. Beginner runs to expert-only terrain. Lost Trail offers the best value around terrain for every ability level, family-friendly, and affordable. They're open Thursday through Sunday, 9.30 a.m. to 4 p.m., I've heard a lot of feedback that it's really good. I'm trying to get up there too. Not this weekend because it's Cat Grizz weekend, but I'm going to be hitting that ASAP. We got to go. We, gotta we go. definitely got to go. Directions, trail maps, lodging info, season pass info, and condition info all available. LostTrail.com. That's so easy. You don't even have to Google it. LostTrail.com. Lost Trail. Go for the snow. Did Tom Brady pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because he knew Tampa Bay hosted the Super Bowl? We'll get to that next on Nuanas Now to be safe for you and your family, the Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home, even when you're not. Special January promo going on by the Wingate by Wyndham right now as well. If you stay two nights in January of 2021, you get a free growler and a fill card for Big Sky Brewing. Big Sky Brewing just right across the way from the Wingate. So if you book, all you got to do is book through the hotel directly. Google Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula. Limited to one free beaker per customer. But stay two nights. January 2021. Free Growler and fill card from Big Sky Brewing. And tell them Nuan is now sent you.
3: Noticing a theme today with Reese's. Hey.
0: I will give you. I will give you both $25 gift cards to our great sponsors that I have in my car right now if you tell me, not who's singing, because you already know who's singing, but who wrote that song. Oh, man. This is a cover of another famous hard rock band.
3: Does Reese, I don't think Reese knows it either.
0: Maybe. He might. The clue is in the name, Reese. Stop this, me. This is just like Wing It Wednesday when the people don't know the answers. <laughs> it's great radio. Riley Corker joining me. Colter through Nuanas right here on Nuanas now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide, SWX Montana Television. Miss anything in the show. You can find it on the podcast. Podcast is available on all your podcasting platforms. Please rate, review, subscribe. We're just going to make it easy for you. You need to go on your podcasting platform. You need to su- subscribe to Nuwana's Now. You need to subscribe to Inside the Den with Briley. You need to subscribe to the Big Sky Breakdown from Skyline Sports. And you need to subscribe to Grizz Greats. Got all your podcasts taken care of. Simple. You're the biggest sports fans in Montana. We got you taken care of. Uh, that song was written by Black Sabbath. Really? Sabra cadabra, one of the greats. Uh, yeah, Garage Inc., Metallica's um, return to the roots album in the Late nineteen nineties was all cover songs. I think a lot of people don't realize. Do you that. think
3: you could do an hour show a day on music? Just like oh a, yeah. Okay. Trust I me, mean, I, Robert Chase. If you are listening, this is my
0: l- l- latest pitch. I could do an hour of. I could do an hour show on the trail just on Dave Matthews. Let alone
3: Metallica. Let's go. Watch out! You are going to be here for fourteen hours a day rather than <laughs> Watch out,
0: man. <laughs> no I'm kidding. Well, it's been, well, but at least if I had Dave, I'd only have to play three songs because he just gets stuck for twenty minutes at a time. <laughs> um. So we talked about the NFC Championship game a little bit from the Buccaneers' side, but the Packers' side, I thought this was an incredibly disheartening and disappointing loss for the Packers, not only because I thought they were, at least coming into the weekend, the best team in the NFC, and, and I thought the best team in the NFL. To lose at home to an underdog Bucks team, it was accentuated by a variety of mistakes, a dropped two-point conversion, uh, an interception right before halftime that led to a touchdown, And then most egregiously, Matt LaFleur not going for it on fourth down. I I couldn't believe it. I didn't really understand it. It seemed as if he was just
3: shell-shocked. And to me, no hesitation, at least from the camera shots that we saw. I saw this, uh, of course, on Twitter. Where else do we get all of our news anymore? That This (laughs) exact instance has happened 115 times in the NFL over the past 30 years as far as the situation where you're down by between five and eight points, between two and four minutes left to go. What do you do on fourth down? Three times out of 115 has someone elected to kick the field goal. And, and that, to me, I, I couldn't believe it. And there were, your phone was blowing up. My phone was blowing up. What's going on here? What? Why are they kicking the field goal? That, to me, was wild. I think that um, I will have to cry wolf a little bit for Packers fans. I think that that interception before halftime, if there's any... Discrepancy on the penalty, and if there should have yep. been a penalty, that was a hold right there, and it led to the interception, which then led to the touchdown before half, which then led to being the yep. difference in the game. Of course, we didn't know that at the time, but that was tough. And I love that they let him play for most of the game. Yeah, it
0: was just I unfortunate hate that call at the end, though. Uh, I know that's the the biggest gut punch for the Packers side of this thing is that the interception right before halftime and the PI call at the end of the game were the same play. So they have to be the same call.
3: Yes, they do. And, and they never had – there was at one point going into the fourth quarter, no penalties on either side, let alone the pass interference, the holdings of the world. That was nice to see. But, again, you have – and if you're officials, you know that. You have to know going into the break – you know, we kind of lo- we kind of left one out there. That was that was unfortunate. It turned into points, and to have it come down to that at the end, pretty brutal for the Packers. But they they got hit in the mouth that first drive from Tampa Bay. They were on their heels the rest of the game. They came back from 28 to 10, getting three straight turnovers from Brady. Kind of feels like he got a new lease on life. But you're right, incredibly disappointing. I mean, this team came in as the favorite for the first time in a while, being at home. And Rodgers' press conference was. I think in one word, I would describe it as cryptic. It was very cryptic. Was he done in Green Bay? No, he's not done in Green Bay. He's just making Green Bay think that he's done in Green Bay. I mean, Jordan Love, first round draft pick. He he dressed in less than half the games this year. I right. think. I mean, he never even sniffed the field. You really ready but, to turn the keys over to him right now?
0: I'm not saying the, the I'm not saying the Packers force out Rodgers. I'm saying Rodgers forces his way out of Green Bay. What does Tom Brady prove this year?
3: They, they'll they'll build the team good, around you. You think
0: you're good enough? Call your shot. Straight call your shot. Denver? Broncos? No. San Francisco 49 Okay, Going back to the oh, Bay. Oh, man. Going back to the Bay, playing for Shanahan. Uh, we only got two minutes left, but uh, on the AFC side of things, I think there's no nothing that more encompasses the, uh, the notion that this is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately society. The fact that the Kansas City Chiefs have somehow now won, what, count them up, 18 games this year against one loss. Yet we're we've like thought of them as this this kind of favorite, but are they going to do it? Why don't we believe in them? We 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 seem to fall in love and romanticize all the other storylines around the league, but at the end of the day. It's Big Red and it's Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl.
3: And shame on all of us. I mean, really, what, what are we saying about Kansas City? Oh, because they're sneaking by in games. We're criticizing teams for blowing games right. and we're criticizing Kansas City because, oh, they were up by 17 and let a team only, you know, they only right. beat a team by three because right. they slacked off in the fourth quarter. Right. Right. You're right. Of relevant games, they won 17 out of 18 this year. They, they packed it in a game in week 17 right. this year. They are a well-oiled machine and shame on us for maybe doubting them because now in hindsight, you look back, and say, huh, Chiefs were only favored by three points at home to go to the Super Bowl. What were we thinking on the other side? They, they, to me, are the clear favorite going into the Super Bowl and they look like they can't be stopped at times. They they shredded a Buffalo team that came in, what? Should have been on a 12-game winning streak coming in? So that, to me... Just sh- that was my biggest thing. Shame on us for thinking that Kansas City wasn't going to roll through it.
0: I mean, when you have the greatest slot tight end in, in the history of football, you have the fastest receiver that we've ever seen—twenty-one
3: miles an hour—and
0: you hour. have—and you have a transcendent guy operating the offense with a great coach. With with at this point now that Andy Reid got the monkey off his back, perhaps the best coach of our generation, not named Bill Belichick. So, uh, uh, yes, you're right. Shame on us for hating on the Chiefs. Nuwana is now, 129 ESPN Missoula. We're going to talk about everything we talked about today again tomorrow. That felt like a half hour. We're going to talk about Jeff to Texas, what it means for the Montana Grizzlies, the state of Montana, the rest of the big sky. We're going to talk about Cat Grizz, Grizz Cat, rivalry week in basketball. We're going to talk about the NFL. We're going to analyze all of the things that come out of championship weekend. And plus, we got our Treasure State Stars, some of the best performances from around high school sports as well. So keep it right here. You know it, 1029 ESPN Missoula Duanas now. We'll see you tomorrow. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit MSUBookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day, visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.